Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I love that. Once you stretch your heads towards heaven, let's pray together. God, we honor you. We love you. We lift you up, King Jesus. Thank you for today. Thank you, God, that we get to come into a place and we get to worship you. We get to lift up your name, Jesus. We get to sing about you. We get to declare about you. We get to cry out to you. We get to bring to you our struggles and our fears and our anxiety and our worry. And guess what? We can lay them at the feet of Jesus because guess what, Jesus? We know it and we declare it and we sing it that you've already won that you're already above it, that you're already higher, that you already see a different vantage point than we see. And even if we lose this life, we still win the battle because of you, Jesus. And so, God, we stand in victory. We stand as a church united. We stand as a church ready for what you've called us to, God. We love you. We honor you. We thank you. And it's in the mighty, powerful, awesome, magnificent, holy, awesome name that's above every name that we pray and it's in the name of Jesus that we pray and everybody in this room said everybody said amen one more time let's give it up for King Jesus in the house yeah yeah well I love that I love that I just for just a second stay standing if you don't mind I want to read to us it's been our series that we've been in for the last five weeks uh, that we started right at the beginning of, uh, of June. And man, it's been a good time. Has anybody enjoyed Don't Give Up so far? Come on, wave at me. Say amen if you have. I love that. It's going to be good today. I'm excited about it. But this this idea uh, that you and I, and it goes back to even Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. And this is what it says. And when we get to those last three words, I want you to shout them. I say it every week, but like it's your job, all right? Everybody okay with that? About three of you. Say, everybody okay with that? I like it. Here we go. So when I get those last three words in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, let's shout them at the top of our lungs. Maybe you're shouting them not just for you, but for your person sitting next to you. Maybe you're shouting it for that person that you've been praying for. To you're shouting to yourself to re, just, re, uh, just reconfigure yourself. You know what? I'm not going to give up on them. I'm not going to give up on the promise that God has given me. So we're going to say those last three words like it's our job. Here's what the Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we? One more time. If we? One more time. If we? Don't give up. Tap your neighbor. Say, don't give up. 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 And I just feel like I need to just share that right at the very beginning of today. That maybe there's somebody, and I feel it in my spirit, that somebody's in this room that maybe you've thought about giving up on your life. Or somebody watching online or listening on the podcast. Can we welcome them in? Everybody's watching online. Can we put our hands together and welcome them in? But maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're listening on a podcast three weeks later and you thought about giving, your, giving up on your life, giving up on your family, giving up on, on something. And I just came to tell you today, listen, I know it's tough. I know it's hard. I know what you're walking through can be challenging. But don't give up. 
Don't give up. Don't give up. One more time, let's pray and just ask God for His Spirit to be in this place. Holy Spirit, we invite you. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Speak to us today as only you can. God, would you just, just for a moment right now, would God, would you just inhabit the, 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 the praises of your people as we sing? And then God, would you just allow the words that are going to be spoken today just to come alive on the inside of us, Holy Spirit. Speak to us today. We love you. We honor you. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said... Amen, amen, amen. Go ahead and have a seat. And as you do that, listen, I'm so glad that you're here. You have a seat right there. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so thankful for you. Uh, I'll just tell you really quickly, uh, uh, this series has been a lot of fun, I think, over the last few weeks together that we've been walking through it and working through it. And again, this came in a, a season of my life. Uh, that verse, was, it kind of just downloaded on my spirit, Galatians 6, 9, just downloaded on the inside of me when I was able to get away with some pastor friends of ours a couple months ago and I couldn't shake it. And Pastor Greg Surratt, who's the ARC church, uh, he's the ARC president, uh, which is what we are, like a network of churches that we're a part of, friends that just plant churches all over the world um, that you get to be a part of, that I get to be a part of. He just really spoke that verse into a lot of us. Uh, and then that's just tied into a series that I had heard from a friend of ours church called Vu Church that a lot of these ideas are coming from, but man, they're coming from Scripture, First Peter, that we're walking through together. And I'm just so grateful of what God has done. I can't even tell you over the last few weeks some of the things, the stories that I've heard of how God and the Holy Spirit has been speaking to each of us individually, separately, collectively together, and even as we walk through this the soap journal that we've been walking through together. How many of y'all have enjoyed the journal, being able to write some stuff in you? If you got your journal, take it up in the air, wave it around like you just do care. Come on, I see you. I see you out there. If you, do, if you don't have one, it's even not too late. We got a few more left outside, but we have these things called don't give up summer journals, and it's a way that we can just walk through this book of First Peter together, uh, and that's what we've been doing all summer long. It's the longest series that we have ever done as a church, but I'm excited about it uh, because of what the Bible is teaching us so practically, and I love uh, what Peter is even challenging us, even telling us uh, over the last few weeks. He is being so practical with how we worship, with not only that, but how we uh, interact with each other, not just that, but how we also go out and serve and even more so than that, how in the middle of chaos that's going on all around us, how you and I can continue to keep going to not give up. Somebody shout, don't give up. That didn't sound like, I, I, I sound like a lot of people in this room is going to give up if I went by your, how you just shouted that. Somebody shout, don't give up. I like that. That's what we're going to talk about today. And I want to tell you the title of today's message. I want you to write this down because Peter has a little ADHD like your boy uh, in this chapter, in First Peter chapter 3. Uh, and he starts one way and he ends another. So we're going to walk through that together. Uh, and this is the title of today's message. It's Live United, Suffer Well. All right, I know that kind of seems a little bit out there, like how in the world can those two things go together, but we're going to walk through that uh, in just a second together. Live united, suffer well. All right, so we're going to talk through that and what that looks like today, but I mean, I'm so glad that you're here, so thankful for you. Uh, again, like what we just celebrated off at the beginning uh, during announcements, can y'all believe that Purpose Church has a permanent facility? Come on, can we give Jesus one more big hand? 
I'm so thrilled. I know our load-in team and load-out team is thrilled. I know we get a chance to go out and actually be able to do some more ministry throughout the week. Yes, we have HQ, but, man, we have a facility that we're going to be able to use. And the facility is not the goal. I want you to know that. The facility will never be the goal. It's the people and the ministry in the name of Jesus that we get to lift up and, and, and bring people in and do whatever we can to make Jesus' name famous. That's the goal of a, of a facility. It's not the brick and mortar. No, no, no. We are the church whether we meet in Callaway County Middle School or the park or Save-A-Lot used to be, we are the church. We're the body of Christ. And guess what? I'm just excited that the body, we get to do a little bit more functioning uh, in a facility together. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. I can't wait for that. We're going to tell you a little bit more about that over the next coming weeks. It's going to be really, really exciting of what God is going to be doing over the next couple months. But again, I'm so excited about what God's going to teach us today. And i got a quick question for you. How many of y'all love to work out? Rave at me right now. How many of you love it? How many of y'all just this year, how many of you have worked out once? Come on, let me just say, now we all there. Now we can all feel it, all right? So I think, I think we're all in the same playing field at least one time this year. Pretty much all of us have worked out, and uh, I, I'm grateful for working out. I like to work out. I'll just tell you something that I enjoy doing. It's kind of one of those de-stressors for me, you know what I'm saying? Like, like this, the, you know, the babies are running around, and, and uh, the, you know, the chickens and the church. And this is one of those things that, for me, uh, I get a chance just to be able to, like, just sweat a little bit. Come on, right? Like some about sweating, and I like the summer heat. I like the heat up while I'm working out. I know that I ain't doing like hot yoga. I'm talking about just getting hot and sweaty. I like doing that, right? And I just, I don't know about you, but I, I, I love doing all the, you know, the curl, the back and biceps. I love doing the shoulders. But how many can just agree with me real quick? Anybody in the room love leg day? That's nobody. Don't be raising your hand. Y'all lying right now. Ain't nobody like leg day, okay? I'm just telling you, nobody in the room, I think, can li like just legit say, oh, I love doing squats. Nobody, okay? I don't like doing lunges. I don't like doing squats. I don't like doing goblet squats. I don't like doing, I got some tight pants on. I better not bend it down too far. Uh, I, just, I just don't like doing leg day, right? There's just something about it that just doesn't work for me. I just, I, in the intermediate, like the right at the beginning, it's like, why am I doing this? You know what I'm saying? Because tomorrow, it's going to hurt to sit down. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody likes leg day. I think we all can kind of agree with this idea, again, whether you work out or not, that leg day is kind of one of those things, man, you just really don't look forward to. And I know a lot of times, even in my own life, I've skipped leg day, right? I've skipped the thing that, to me, I found out is actually necessary if I want to build a strong body. And so what happens is, is so many times working out, I didn't realize it, but working out my legs in the immediate doesn't seem valuable, but actually what it's doing is so valuable uh, that I didn't even realize that you your legs, when you work out your legs, they're the largest muscle in your body, right? It's the largest muscle that you and I have in our bodies, our legs. And what happens is, is that when you work out your legs, it actually releases a thing called testosterone or growth hormone. And what it does is that when you work out your legs on, on, on Monday, when you come back on Wednesday and you start working back and biceps, what happens is that your legs have released this testosterone that's actually helping you on Wednesday, even though you did it on Monday. All right? And I'm just telling you guys, I a lot of times would just want to be out there doing the curls. You know what I'm saying? Before Allie, it was curls, get the girls. Come on, somebody, right? He's trying to get the biceps. He's trying to do all of that. And, uh, but, but I would skip leg day. And I'll just tell you, leg day was so 
important. Leg day was necessary, and this is what I began to find out, that leg day was necessary, but it wasn't necessarily enjoyable. Come on, right? right? I think we all can agree that, hey, it's necessary because if I'm going to build a strong body, it's got to start with my legs, it makes its way to my core, and then I'm able to build on that strength. And so uh, it's necessary, something I've learned, it's necessary, but not necessarily enjoyable. And as I got to thinking about that, as I got to thinking about what this idea of working out legs, what it looks like and what it feels like, is there's a lot of things in life that sometimes that you and I, they're necessary, but sometimes they're not necessarily enjoyable, right? Enjoyable. And so I think about it, uh, one of those things would happen to be this thing called suffering, right? Like I don't think any of us going to be like, yes, come on, Lord, 2021. You know what my, my word for the year is? Suffer. Right? Nobody's saying like, yeah, I'm signing up to suffer. Okay? Like that's the word I feel like God is telling me this year. I don't think there's many of us that would say, you know what, that is, like I enjoy that idea of suffering. But what we see in 1 Peter right here is this idea and what we'll walk through today is that suffering is necessary, but it's not necessarily enjoyable. Right? It's necessary, but not necessarily enjoyable. See, it has this thing kind of like leg day called unintended consequences, right? And and, and what that means is just that what I do today has repercussions tomorrow, right? The, The choices that I make, young people in the room, come on, hey, students, listen to me. The choices that you make today have repercussions tomorrow. They have consequences tomorrow. So it's the same thing. When it comes to working out your legs or, or whatever it is, that there is uh, unintended consequences. I never realized that me working out my legs would actually make me have a stronger core. It's, the, it's kind of the, the linchpin that links those things together. And so I think back uh, also in our life, this idea of, of the idea of it being necessary but not necessarily enjoyable, uh, that there is unintended consequences that happen. And so again, I think sometimes even... Church can sometimes seem like leg day, all right? I think it can sometimes seem like leg day. This thing called church can have these unintended consequences, right? Like you might be here today and you might be thinking, okay, like is it really worth it like to just go all in and worship? Like, is it really worth it for me to lift my hands? Is it really worth worth it for me to go and share my burden with somebody, for them to be able to pray? Is it really worth it that I'm leaning in and taking some notes? Is anything happening? Like, is there any reason why I'm doing that? And I think sometimes what happens is is that there's an unintended consequence of being at church on a Sunday. Kind of like what A.B. said just a few minutes ago, and that the fact is that you and I are leaning into God's word, that we're listening to his word preached, that we're listening to it taught, and the Holy Spirit is taking that, and he's working that on the inside of us, and what I think, and what I believe so many times, is that you and I may not know what's coming on Tuesday, right? You and I may not know what your boss is going to say on Friday, but when you put in the work on Sunday, right, not just Sunday, but every day to say, God, I'm submitting my life to you, God, I'm putting what my life looks like into your hands you can do whatever you want to do work it out it's not necessary sometimes for me to go through suffering but if it's necessary for me to grow I'm willing to do it and guess what when we're willing to do that God can take that and he can do more with that than we ever could on our own and I just believe that that's so important for us to understand 
that suffering is part, uh, it's necessary, not necessarily enjoyable, but even being a part of church, even coming on a weekend, and sometimes getting the kids and the babies out of bed, getting yourself out of bed, come on somebody, right? Just to get to church, it's sometimes really tough, but I'm just telling you, God, he's been putting, like I hope whenever trials and suffering hit our life that we can be able to say, you know what, God, I've been putting in the work, not for myself, but so that I can build my life, my strength on you, and I'm going to have the strength to keep going when suffering hits my life, right? I think about that. I try to equate that to Scripture. Look at what Romans chapter 5 says to us. Romans 5 verse 3, it says this, we can rejoice too during leg day, okay? Like we can rejoice when suffering, right, when we run into problems and trials. I love that. It's not even going to be up on the screen. This is what it says right here, Romans 5 verse 3. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. I'm reading this. It says this, for we know that they will help us develop endurance. What's that mean? You know what that's meaning? That when we go through suffering, when we go through trials, when we have tough things that go on in our life, guess what it's doing? It's a leg day type thing. It's producing endurance. You know what endurance, another way to say it is? Don't give up. Like suffering produces endurance. Watch what it says. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. And in so many ways, this is what Peter, as we're going to read in just a second, is trying to tell us practically how you and I can respond when we walk through suffering as a believer. All right? And so we're going to just kind of break down Scripture. We're in 1 Peter. Peter chapter 3, verse 8, and we're going to walk through those verses that A.B. just read up here a little while ago. We're going to walk through those together, starting in verse 8. And the first thing that, again, it goes with the title of today's message. I want you to write it down. But the first point I want us to see is that you and I, if we're going to make a difference in this world, when suffering hits our life, I want us to understand that we got to live united. Somebody say, live united. I like it. we got to be unified. we got to be together. Look at what First Peter Chapter 3, verse 8 says, so live united, that's that first big phrase, this first big muscle on the inside of us that Peter is going to try and strengthen up. It's, it's this idea of living united. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 says, finally, all of you. Okay, really quick, who is all of you? you got to remember, who's Peter writing to in this passage of Scripture? Who's Peter writing this entire book to? He's writing to the people, the churches that are scattered all over Asia Minor, Right? So you got believers that are scattered all over the place. Uh, and, and what is happening is that Roman culture is kind of taking over the world. And there's all these different ideologies. There's all these different thought patterns out there. There's all these ways that they're thinking or all these other people outside of the church that are thinking are ways to God. And what Peter's just trying to tell them is, hey, y'all, listen, I know we talked about husband and wives a couple weeks ago. It's kind of what we read through. Uh, Now, finally, I'm going to tell all of you. I'm going to tell all the believers. I'm going to tell all of the church. So that's who he's writing to, right? That's who Peter is writing this book to. All of you should be of one mind, sympathize with each other, love each other as brothers and sisters, be tender-hearted and keep a humble attitude. Watch what Peter's doing. Peter is telling them that you're going to face pressure. You're going to face storms. You're going to face suffering. But you got to focus in on a muscle that sometimes doesn't seem necessary, sometimes doesn't seem very enjoyable, isn't very pleasant. But you need to really, it may be difficult sometimes. It may not be enjoyable, but you really got to focus in on this muscle of living united. 
united. Live as one mind. Live united with each other. And I hope you get this, uh, church, because this is what I know is that you and I are going to suffer. We're going to go through, and, and, and again, I'm a guy that has a lot of like, I, I preach a lot of hope, right, in the midst of suffering, right? I want you guys to know that like, hey, this is going to happen. Welcome to Purpose Church. Like, you're going to have suffering in your life. Have a great week. You know, like, I, I don't like that to be the case, but I want to just try to challenge us. In the midst of that, what can we do to live practically? One of those things that he's trying to tell us is that we got to live united. That's one of the things that he is challenging us to do. And I'm challenging our church, Purpose Church. Would we walk in unity together? Right? Would we be a church that fights for unity amongst other churches? The big C church. Like, let's be a place that honors others. And again, let me just tell you, in a time in this world that's so divided and so polarized, meaning that we're on the opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to anything bringing us together, we're so far apart right now as a culture and even sometimes in the church world, but would we be a people that would work and fight towards common ground and the common goal of glorifying King Jesus above all else, right? That's the goal. That's what we set out to do. That's what other churches, if they're doing that, guess what? We're going to unify with them and say, you know what? Good job. Keep going. Here's some resources. Here's some prayer. We're going to be praying for you. We're going to celebrate when you have a win. We're going to celebrate when you have a victory. We're going to live united. Is there anybody in this place that says, you know what? As a church, I'm standing with that. We're going to live united. Can we give God a shout of praise all over this place and what I like to think of your boy ain't very musical but I like music you know what I'm saying so I I, I don't know about you but like when, when I think of unity what I tend to kind of gravitate towards is is a song right and so I think about it as we just had our crew up here just a second ago right you got Jake uh, with that man bun on those drums you know what I'm saying uh, he's on them drums today and he's our worship director him and his wife Mallory I'm so grateful for him He's on the drums today. You got Kyle playing these spirit keys. Come on, somebody, right? He's playing the spirit keys. You got Don or you got my man. Well, where's Larry at? Larry in here. Where's Larry? Larry's right there. Larry right here slapping that bass. You know what I'm talking about? Doing all that together. Then we got some different people that are leading us in worship. And you got Blakely back here on the acoustic guitar. And you got all that stuff happening, right? So when I think of this idea of unity, I think of a song, okay? And I think about a band. I think about all of the things that go into making that happen, right? There are all different pieces of a band. And this is what I want you to understand. What I want us as a church to understand is when I say live united, a lot of people think that I just got to be like the next person. Like I got to be just like them if I'm going to be a part of that. Or I got to act just like that if I'm going to be a part. No, 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 no. You know what I want you to know? Unity does not mean uniformity. Right? Unity does not mean uniformity. That's not what it means. Unity, what that means is in spite of our differences, that yes, we're going to work towards the common goal, and that common goal for this church is to point people to Jesus, okay? And so I think about, again, a band. You got all the different pieces, all the different uh, instruments, all the different things that go on, and music is about playing their individual part, but when they play it together, guess what it does? It creates something beautiful. 
beautiful, something better, something bigger than they could just by themselves. When all parts play in unison, it creates a beautiful moment called a song. It creates a beautiful moment called music. And that is a picture of what it looks like to walk out our faith with one another. And I just believe that for far too long, we as the church have been getting our cues and setting our tone to the things of the world instead of setting it to the standard and the metro tone, the beat of what God is calling us to do as a church. And I just believe it's time for us as the church of Jesus Christ, you know what, to live united. And not does that not only does that mean that we, we unify with other people, but I believe that the church of Jesus Christ should lead the way in excellence, in generosity, in, in honor, in love, in gentleness, in respect, in grace, that we should be the people that are leading the way in that and say, you know what, we might disagree, but we are not going to disrespect, right? Let us be the people that lead the way in that. The church should be living united, leading the way, but so many times we're adhering to the world's standards instead of the standard that God has for us. And what's Peter telling us? He's saying, hey, you want to make a difference in the world in the midst of suffering? You want to make a difference in the world in the midst of all of that? You got to live united. Somebody shout, live united. What's that look like, Peter? I'm glad you asked. He goes on to tell us what that kind of looks like, right? He goes through a little list, and he says this. Hey, I want you to sympathize with each other. Somebody say, aw. All right, I like that. You know what sympathize means? Sympathize means literally uh, that, that you are, are you, you burdened for somebody else. You have a burden for what they're going through, that you have a, a, a longing to, to, to help do something about what they might be walking through. You know what sympathetic and having a sympathetic attitude is to me? It is the opposite of being selfish. Right? It's the opposite of being self-centered. What's Peter calling us to do as the church? He's calling you and I to not live selfishly, to not live about ourselves, to not be all focused on me, but to sympathize with each other. Then he goes on to say, love each other as brothers and sisters, right? Love each other as brothers and sisters. How many of y'all got a brother or sister in the room? Wave at me right here, right now. Okay, cool. I like that. I think if you have a sibling, you kind of know that, that families, and, and if you're a part of a family, you just got to realize, you know what? Families are jacked up, right? And if your family ain't jacked, if you don't know nobody in your family that's jacked up, you the jacked up one. Come on, somebody, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's it. And, and I think about that, and I'm like, okay, well, I, I think about love as brothers and sisters. And, and okay, we've got four kids uh, we got Conley, Brex, and our twin girls, and Conley is seven going on 17. I'm going to have to beat the tar out of her, okay? Uh, I love her so much. She's so much like me. That's the problem, okay? Um, and then uh, we got Brex, who's three, uh, going on 33. He's like an old soul, right? Like, he's going to read the newspaper, all right? He's just going to do that. That's something he's going to do, okay? And, uh, and, and let me tell you guys really something really quick about Brex and Conley. They can fight, y'all, all right? We try to keep good order in our house. We try to keep everybody in, in you know, discipline and and you know we really want people to we love our kids man we we, we have a blast with our kids but let me tell y'all something conley and brex can throw down all right i mean throw down and brex has this like i don't even know what this word like it's it's his word it's his go-to y'all want to know what it is no right that's it 
That's his go-to. And, like, if something happens or something's taken from him, they are fighting, all right, like slapping, punching. I'm like, whoa, 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 let's, let's stop this, right? And I think about that, how, how this scripture is saying love as brothers and sisters. And, and it got me thinking, you know what? Conley and Brex can fight like dogs all the time. But you know what? If somebody ever were to hurt Brex, you know who's going to be there to fight them all first? Conley Hollis. Right, she's going to be right there. She's going to be like, oh, you ain't going to say nothing about my brother. You know, she'll be walking in the attitude. You know, she'll be doing all that. Right, Conley will stand in the gap for her brother. That's what Conley does. That's a, that's a brother and a sister. What's Peter equating that to? He's telling us, hey, you know what? Families are dysfunctional. Families have stuff that they walk through. I want you to know that if you're looking for a perfect, perfect church, purpose church is not it. We got stuff we're walking through, especially the guy with the microphone in his hand. Going to be walking through stuff until I see Jesus face to face one day. But guess what? When we say it, we're not like family. We are family. You know what that means for us is that we're going to love each other through it all. That we may have some disagreements, but we're going to stand in the gap for each other. I'm going to have my brother's back. I'm going to have my sister's back because that's what family does right he's saying live united sympathize with each other love his brothers and sisters and then he says hey be tender-hearted and keep a humble attitude so I think about the word sympathize and I think about tender-hearted and what to me those words kind of can come together in this word called compassion and compassion is not just a feeling compassion is an action Right, and so for me, this, this is calling us to live united. It's an action verb that we're called to live out, that we're called to go out and make a difference. And not only are we called to do that, we're called to do that not pointing to ourselves, but pointing to the one that sent us, being Jesus. I think so much uh, pettiness happens in church, it's because we lack a humble attitude. That we let pride creep in. And guess what? The key ingredient of living united, which again doesn't mean that we all have the same thoughts and the same, we talk exactly the same and have the same giftings. That does not mean that. But living united, living towards a common goal, towards a common purpose of glorifying Jesus, you know what the key ingredient for that is? Preferring others over myself. That's what it is. It's preferring somebody else over me. It's having a humble attitude, a humility about us as we walk forward, knowing that when the church is united, guess what, y'all? The world is going to be so attracted to our message. The world cannot resist the message. And what is our message? Our message is that Jesus Christ lived a perfect life. And guess what he did? There was sin in my life, sin in your life, but Jesus came and lived a perfect life. And what did he do? He died on a cross. He conquered sin, death, hell in the grave he got out of the grave he's alive and he is well today and it's Jesus over everything that's the message that we're going to preach come on will you give him a shout all over this place as a united family saying Jesus it's all about you that's what it's about it's all about Jesus and when the church is united watch out the world will be drawn to our message and I just believe that with all of my heart and so I want you to know we got to live united somebody shout live united this is where he has a little ADHD moment and goes another direction right here. This is what Peter starts to say in verse 9, right? That was just one verse. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, which we read this week, uh, this past week in our soap, right? Uh, we read this next couple of verses as well. In verse 9, this is what he goes on to say, and there's some things I think he's going to help us as we begin to suffer well. He's saying, hey, you got to live united 
because suffering is coming. You got to live as one mind. You know why? Because tough stuff's going to happen. You got to have each other's back. You got to love. You got to sympathize. You got to walk through those things together with a tender heart and a humble attitude. Why? Because some tough stuff may follow that, right? This is what he says. There's five things. Somebody hold up five fingers right here like this. Come on. Let me see you wave at me. Five things I think he shares with us in the next couple of verses that we can learn to suffer well in. Live united, suffer well. The first one is this idea of be a blessing. Somebody shout, be a blessing. Be a blessing. I love that. I love this idea. Look what he says in my Bible. It, for some reason, my pages keep falling out, and I don't really like that. This is 1 Peter chapter 3, okay? We're going to read together. 1 Peter chapter 3, uh, verse 9, says this. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Watch this. Instead, pay them back with a what? With a what? A blessing. That is what God has called you to do and will grant you his blessing, right? I love that. I love that scripture right there because if we're being honest, a lot of times the suffering that we might go through may be uh, just not, not, not happenstance or coincidence. It just may be a part of life, right? There may be some things that we walk through that are just part of the everyday grind of a fallen world that we go through suffering, that we go through pain, that we go through trials. But sometimes, and what Peter's kind of hinting at right here, is that you and I may suffer at the hands of somebody else. That you and I may walk through some pain, and it's because of something that somebody else says. It's because of something that's done to you and I. And what I love about this scripture, again, he's going to give us five things that we can uh, really work through and be a blessing, is the first one that he's challenging us to do. Because I don't know about you, the easy thing is I read that scripture and be like, I don't like that, okay? I don't like that idea of, of repaying evil with good of repaying wrongdoing with good. I don't like that because it's easy for you and I. It's easy for us. It's the nature that we're all a part of that if somebody gets you, guess what? You're going to get them back. Come on, somebody, right? Let's be honest. That's how, we, that's how we function. That's our thought process. That's how we react in the, in the sinful nature, right? <clears throat> it's that if evil is done to us, we retaliate with evil. If an insult is given to us, we retaliate with the insult. But what I love is that Peter's challenging us, don't live by your sinful nature, live by your spirit nature, by the, by the spirit man, by following Jesus. Because you know what? That's completely countercultural to what society and what real, I mean, like, like kind of what everybody else would be doing. Doing it Jesus' way is completely different than that. Be a blessing. Peter is saying, hey, you really want to know how you handle suffering? You really want to know how you get back as somebody's been talking about you? You really want to know how you, uh, how you can really get even, how you can retaliate on somebody that has said something or done something or, or whatever to kind of put some suffering in your life? You know how you can really get them back? Do it God's way. Do it the righteous way. And you know what? Be a blessing. Be a blessing. Forgive. Resolve. Restore. Honor. Bless, let those things be said of you and I when suffering comes in our way and in our path from maybe from somebody else. I want to stop just for a second and kind of focus on this idea of forgiveness. Because so many of us, I don't know about you, but we've got things that we harbor in our lives, all of our lives. And it may be something that happened to us two months ago. It may be something that happened to us 20 years ago. And this idea of forgiveness, this idea of, of, of forgiveness is not saying, hey, what you did is okay. It's not what forgiveness is. 
It's not what forgiveness is. Because if somebody wronged you or somebody did something wrong to you, it's not okay that they did that. It's not okay. Once you know forgiveness doesn't mean, hey, everything is okay. Forgiveness is saying, hey, you know what? Even if it's not okay, I still am going to release you of that debt that, you ha- that I have against you. And forgiveness, I- I've heard it so many times, unforgiveness is like uh, setting yourself on fire and hoping the person that hurt you dies from smoke inhalation. That's why I've heard unforgiveness is like, it's really killing you. It's really killing me. Let's be people that we are so full of God that when insults come our way, when people talk about us, when people say things about us, let's ooze Jesus. Let's ooze the things of God. Let's ooze blessing back on anything that may come at us. When we suffer, guess what we do? We bless. When we're talked about, we bless. When we're hurting, we bless. Watch this. Write this down. Don't let the ugly in others kill the beauty in you. Right? Be a blessing. Be a blessing. Be a blessing. Kyle, if you don't mind coming up, that would be awesome. I'm going to run through these next four rather quickly. Number two is this. Number two is this. Don't y'all love Kyle Howard? Come on. Can we give it up for Kyle Howard in this room right now? I love it. I can't wait. He's going to preach to y'all in a few weeks. It's going to be great. I can't wait. But I want to challenge us. I want to challenge us with a few things, a few more things that Peter's going to challenge us with, starting in verse number 10 of chapter 3. He says this, For the Scriptures say, If you want to enjoy life and see many days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Right? It goes back to our verse. Don't get tired of doing good. Let's keep doing it. Do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right and His ears are open to their prayers. I kind of jumped ahead a few verses But that verse of of 10 and 11, where it's saying this, For the Scriptures say, If you want to enjoy life, see many days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. You know what Peter's telling us right there? Watch your mouth. When you're going through hard stuff, watch your mouth. Watch what you say. Watch what comes out. Because so many times when we're walking through suffering, when we're walking through pain, it's so easy to blame others. It's so easy to pass critique. It's so easy to cut other people down. It's so easy for us to complain. But and this has never been more practical for you and I than right now. You know why? Because we're walking through a season where there's a lot of people that if they think it, they're going to say it. Right? They go, they, if they think about you, if they think this about you, they're going to say it. And it's so much easier that if you think about something or you want to call somebody out or you want to do it, that you think, hey, you know what, I'm just going to speak. I'm going I'm to I'm gossip about it. I'm going to say something negative about someone. But Peter's challenging us, hey, when you're going through suffering, when you're walking through pain, when you're walking through pain at the hands of somebody else, watch your mouth. Be very careful. Stay pure. Watch what you say. Then he goes on to say this. Turn away from evil. Watch all the ad, ad, uh, not adjectives, the verbs in this. I wasn't a very good English major, all right? I didn't do that. Math, that's my boy. Okay, uh, like, like math is it. But watch the verbs in this verse right here. Y'all mind putting that up there? Verse 11, if you don't mind, of 1 Peter chapter 3. Uh, watch as we get down here. It says this, turn away from evil. That's a verb. You got to do something. Turn away from evil. Do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. You see all those verbs that are in there? That, that, that's putting some responsibility in mind in your lap when it comes to walking through some of this stuff, when it comes to going through this. Jesus in the Beatitudes, you know what he said? Blessed are the peacemakers, 
for they will inherit the kingdom of God. Right? Notice he didn't say peacekeepers. He said, blessed are the peacemakers. Watch this. That there may, may be a situation in your life that has no peace attached to it at all. You know what you and I are called to as believers in God? If you know Jesus, bring peace to that situation. To make peace. To search for peace. And work to maintain it. That's what we're called to do. And sometimes that, inco- that, that, that is this idea of we got to watch what we say. We gotta watch how we say it. We gotta watch our mouth. Just be careful about that when you're facing suffering. Number three, somebody say number three. Just know that when you're walking through pain, when you're walking through suffering, that God sees you and He hears you. Maybe you just need to be reminded of that today. Because I don't know about you, there's sometimes I walk through pain in my life and I'm like, God, where are you at? Right? Where are you at? Like, like I've been praying. I've been reading my Bible. I've been trying to listen to you. I've been trying to do the things you've called me to do, and I don't hear from you. I don't know where you're at. I can't see you. I can't see what you're doing, but this is just an encouragement that even when you're walking through suffering, guess what? God sees you, and He hears you. Look what He says. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right, and His ears are open to their prayers. I think about that. I think about the Lord sees it all. And God, you may be asking God, God, like what is going on in my life? Why am I walking through this? Why are they saying this? Why is this taking place? Why is this happening? And I just want to challenge you that God has a different vantage point than we have. We can see, just imagine it for just a second, that we can see as we're walking into a set of woods. Can you imagine walking into uh, just a set of woods? You can see the trees that are right there in front of you. But can you imagine if you were to get into a helicopter and go 10,000 feet and look on that same uh, portion of woods, that area? You know what? you got a completely different vantage point when you're at that level. I want to challenge some of us that guess what? You may feel in your life that, God, where are you? I can't hear from you. I don't know what you're doing. I would challenge you go back to the last thing that you heard Jesus tell you and continue to do that. Go back to the last thing that he spoke to you. Continue to do that and just know that in the midst of all of that, that God sees you and he hears you. God knows what you're going through. God's watching. God's listening. And he's going to see how you respond to that. Watch what it says, verse 13 and 14. Now, who will want to harm you if you're eager to do good? But even if you suffer. So even if you continue to do good... And you still suffer, right? Like even if you do all the right things, you still might come up with some suffering happening in your life. Even if you suffer for doing what is right, watch this, God will reward you for it. The reward may not be here. The reward may not be retaliation like you think it should be. But God will reward you for it. So watch what he says. Don't worry. Somebody say, don't worry. Somebody say it and then shrug your shoulders like yes. Say, don't worry. Don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Listen, y'all, we are, we are I, I think as the whole, the church is full of fear and full of worry. And we are worrying and fearing the same thing that the world fears and worries about. But guess what? We have a hope 
That's unlike anything else. A hope in a person that the world may not know about yet, but we're going to be a part of that solution. And we're going to bring the name of Jesus to somebody and say, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter what you're walking through. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Today's message is not a message to build fear inside of you. No, no, no. It's to build your faith. And you don't have to worry. You don't have to, you don't have to be afraid of their threats because God sees you. God hears you. And he will reward you as you respond in the way that he's called you to respond. And the last thing I'll tell you is this idea you got to be ready. Somebody say, be ready, be ready, be ready. Say it three times. Go ahead. I like that. I like it. you got to be ready, be ready, be ready. Look what he says in verse 15. Instead, you know what? Don't, don't be afraid. Don't worry. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. Watch this. If you find yourself worrying and afraid, replace that with worship. Right? Replace your worry, replace your, your, uh, your scaredness and, and, and your, your uh, skittishness. Replace that with worship. Christ as Lord of your life. And if somebody asks about your hope as a believer, watch this. Always be ready to explain it. Be ready to explain it. Always be ready to explain the hope that you have as a believer. Hey, how are you responding this way even though you're suffering? How are you still having hope in the middle of a hopeless situation? How are you watching your mouth and keeping it clean when everybody else is playing dirty? How are you still going to remember that the Lord is watching over you even though you can't see Him working? How is it that you're operating in faith instead of fear? You know how we do that, church? It's because our hope is not built on the foundation of what happens in this life. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness I dare not trust a sweetest frame but I will wholly lean on Jesus' name that our hope does not come in the form of a paycheck that our hope does not come in the form of a good clean bill of health that our hope does not come in the form of anything else that this world might have to offer but my hope comes from the Lord that my hope is in the person and the name and the powerful saving mighty power of Jesus And if there's anybody in this room that believes that, we got to be ready to share that hope at a moment's notice to a lost and dying world. Come on, let's give it up for King Jesus in this place. You got to be ready. Be ready to share the hope that you can walk through a situation that doesn't seem like it has any. Be ready to share that faith with somebody. Are you ready? Have you made that declaration on the inside of you yet? Right? That's something I want to ask you. And if you're in the room, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? If it's safe for you as you watch online or you're listening on the podcast, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? For just a second, I want to talk to you really quick that you may have been thinking, you know what my hope's going to be whenever I finally get that job. I'm finally going to be able to have some hope whenever this situation works out better or this thing works out a little bit easier, or this thing gets a little bit uh, different uh, of a feeling, or, or, or maybe a different situation that I'm walking through, if it changes. But I want to challenge you that our hope is not built on the things of this life, but our hope is built on the person of Jesus. And I just want to challenge you, maybe you're in this room, or maybe you're watching online, and you say, hey, I need a relationship with Jesus. I've tried everything else. I've tried to build my hope in, in everything. I'm trying to find hope even in certain places that, man, I just wind up empty. I wind up hopeless even more. 
there is a Savior and His name is Jesus. And He wants to give you a fresh start, a clean start, a, a, a freshness that He wants to do on the inside of you. And it starts with a salvation a, a relationship with Jesus. And the Bible says that if you and I, we all sin, we've all messed up, we've all fallen short, but the Bible tells us that if we would declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and we would believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, that we will be saved. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're in this room and you need to say, hey, I need a relationship with Jesus. Would you pray something like this? Would you pray, dear Jesus, would you come in my life? Would you save me? Would you forgive me? Would you help me live for you from this day forward? I put my trust in you. I put my faith in you. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you got out of the grave. And I want to spend the rest of my life telling as many people about you as I can. Holy Spirit, fill me and send me to do whatever you want me to do, King Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Maybe you're in here. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe, maybe you made that decision to say yes to a relationship with Jesus today. First of all, I want to tell you it's the best decision you've ever made. And it's the decision that we want to celebrate. And we want to be a church that comes alongside of you after making that decision. So I'm going to ask you, if you're in this room... If you made that decision to say yes to Jesus, would you do this for me? I'm not going to ask you to come down here. We've got some incredible people on our team that are actually up against the walls in this room. And if you just said yes to a relationship with Jesus, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet and just make your way to them and let them know, hey, I just said yes to Jesus. Our team is going to be moving too. So you're not going to be the only one moving if you need to move. And if you're watching online or listening on the podcast, if you would just text the word PURPOSE to 270-229-6488. That That would be awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I love that. Well, come on, Purpose Church. Why don't you lift your head and stand to your feet? And can we put our hands together and thank God for everything that he's done in this place today? Come on, y'all can do better than that. We're talking about King Jesus in this place. I love that. Why don't you high five somebody next to you and say, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. I love that. I love that. I love that. Well, hey, I just want to tell you guys, man, thank you so much for praying. Thank you so much for giving. And uh, I'll just tell you, because of your generosity and the generosity of people calling Purpose Church home, it has literally, uh, it's changing the game for where we're going in the future. And I just want to tell you, you're not even waiting for just the future. You know why? It's your generosity and you're generous with your time and your energy. I think about last Sunday, uh, and there's a couple pictures hopefully that may scroll across the screen of our team that were able to serve last Sunday, uh, serve day. We took uh, service and we took it out of the building and we served our community And and I'll just tell you, your generosity has made waves this week. Your generosity, not only in the time and energy and effort that you did last Sunday, but all throughout the the things and the finances and the resources that you give now has allowed us to step into a new season that we're getting ready to step into as a church. And we're going to be asking us some things over the next couple months of you uh, that you would be willing to step in uh, even more to see this thing uh, called Purpose Church continue to advance uh, and in our own place, our own facility, and we can't wait for that, but I just want to tell you, thank you for your generosity. You're generous. You are a generous church, and that's not just with your finances. That's with your time, your energy, your talent, your treasure, all of those things, and I just want to tell you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Allie and I, we just think about you all the time. We pray for you, and we just think, man, I'm so grateful to be a part of a church that generosity is our privilege, and so I'm just so thankful for you. There's many ways that you can give. Our usher team, y'all go ahead and come on forward if you don't mind. 
And if this is your first time here at Purpose Church, we're not asking anything of you. Uh, our usher team are going to take and they're going to pass these offering containers around. But maybe you want to give online. It's how Allie and I give. Um, it's what we give, how we give online. Uh, but then not just that, there's a way that you could text to give, or you could do that in the, in the offering containers as they're passed around. Whatever and however you do that, just know that your generosity is making a huge impact in the kingdom of God. And we saw part of that last week. And so again, maybe you need to set that up reoccurring, that it just comes out every month. Like it's just one of those things. You know I'm going to put God first. It's going to be the first of my month. I'm going to put Him first. Maybe that's something that you want to do as well. Either way, any way that you do that, Thank you for your generosity. Can we put our hands together and thank God for the generosity of people in this place in Purpose Church that allows us to be able to do what we do? Absolutely, absolutely. I love that. I love that. I love that. Well, I'll just tell you, next week's going to be special. I can't wait to see you back. I can't wait to tell you a little bit more about what's coming uh, when it comes in the next few months as we uh, start approaching some renovations and some other things like that on Purpose Church Permanent Facility. That sounds good. That sounds good. I can't wait for it, and I can't wait to be back with you next week. Let me pray for you, and then we'll be dismissed. Jesus, I pray you bless my friends, that you keep them, that you turn your face towards them, that you shine your favor upon them and that this week you give them peace in Jesus name that we pray and everybody say it amen amen have a great week we love you thank you so much again for listening to hear more messages like this one make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends it helps out so much for more content and information head over to ourpurpose.church we love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose